This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Brought to you by Scott's. And a fond good Saturday morning to you, Frank Proctor here, the sous chef of the garden, and uh, sitting beside me here in studio, Charlie Dobbin, Master Gardener. Welcome, Frank. Well, welcome, friend. We got to change friend. that intro. It sounds like we got one listener. Well, welcome, friend. It's just you and I, really. <laughs> yes. To tell you the truth, they're, they're pretending this is a radio show and we're going out on air. It's just you and I in a yeah, little padded room. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you get that feeling. No, mm. not really, because we're, we're going to get calls lined up here, you know, ding as Ooh, they say. Yeah. Well, I oh. hope so. I hope so. And, it's and, a gorgeous we, day to be in the garden. We do have some announcements. Always. And uh, yes. First, you want to do the numbers, or you want to do the yes, numbers? I will. I'll do the numbers with a little uh, disclaimer or a motto. Okay, uh, mantra. <laughs> yeah, mantra. Thank you. you. Uh, phone numbers. If you live in Toronto, four one six three six zero zero seven forty, and of course anywhere else in the province, it's toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty, and the mantra goes this way. Call early, call all often. One question per call. There you That's go. Right. And police officer Franklin is all over that I've, one. I've got my ticket book right here. Ah, Try and slide one by me. Yeah, I know. Then they do. Yeah. There's some sneaky, oh, I know. sneaky callers. <laughs> Can't trust those gardeners. I'm telling <laughs> Not you. Not at all. They they're just love their info. So for those of you that love info, it's garden tour time of year. Oh my lord, is it ever? Yeah. Don't forget today and tomorrow the special Toronto Botanical Garden Tour is on. That's the through the garden gate tour it's Swansea Village mm-hmm. is the is the location this year 22 spectacular private gardens. If I have any complaint about this tour, it's the fact that there's too many gardens. You just can't get to them all. There's no way. It's from 11 till 4, 5 hours, 22 gardens. Impossible. Because they're beautiful and you want to go slow. You want to really absorb what's going on in the gardens. However, you can get a two-day pass if you're that keen. Go both days, Saturday and Sunday. I'll be going tomorrow uh, with a couple of garden buddies, a friend who's just come back from Oman. I haven't seen her in a year. And uh, another friend who lives in Aurora. So we kind of get together oh, for this nice. annual yeah. event every year and so we'll be there at the Swansea Village through the Garden Gate tour uh, certainly if you're interested give them a call do I did I write down the number here no I didn't well go to torontobotanicalgarden.ca for more information the actual headquarters is Swansea Public School so you can go there and buy tickets okay good 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 and did you have a special yes that you yes wanted to make? all right now last week uh, last Sunday I had the pleasure of being the MC uh, once again for the Willowbank School of Restoration in Queenston beautiful estate mm-hmm. and a fabulous lineup of talent Peter Appleyard and his quartet were there and special guest Guido Basso and oh I mean I could go on and on but the important thing oh, yeah. is get but, to the garden yes part. get to the garden part. <laughs> Uh, a lovely lady approached me and said, oh, Frank, here, uh, I, I know you and Charlie like to announce 
tours and that sort of would you please do this on the show Saturday? I, oh, I said, yeah, I'd be pleased to put that in my uh, jacket pocket. And where's my jacket? I see you're it's not wearing a jacket. No, it's at home. <laughs> so I, I thought, okay, I jumped online this morning real quick. I think it was the Niagara and the Lake Shaw Garden Tour, which is today from 10 through to 4, eight gardens in Niagara and the Lake. And uh, the address is 166 Queen Street. But you can phone 905-468-9145. And apparently they've got some absolutely wonderful oh, uh, sure. gardens there. A century-old corkscrew willow, yeah, and heritage ginkgo tree, masses of perennials and roses, the whole deal. Oh, there's some gorgeous gardens in Niagara on the Lake. Yeah. Oh, that tour would be something. That would be like a real, you know, salivating kind of tour for keen gardeners. So, exactly. And that's today. Yep. All right. Well, now, if if the lady is listening and I've picked the wrong one, my apologies. Call in and we'll give you a little plug for sure. All right. And if you can't get on to an... In, out to the tours this weekend, uh, put on your uh, calendar mm-hmm. the Heart of Northumberland Garden Tour. This one is in aid of the Northumberland Big Sisters and Big Brothers. It is Sunday, June the 26th. Seven idyllic rural properties near Coburg, which is one hour east of Toronto. Mm-hmm. So more, for more information, www.heartofnorthumberland.ca or toll-free 888-278-2484. That's pretty much it. Pretty much it. One one quick reminder, the Mississauga Front Garden Contest. I mentioned this a month or so ago, just to remind everybody. It's called Streetscape. It's back for the third year. It's open to every resident of Mississauga. No worries about being an expert gardener or having a yep. you know million-dollar garden. The idea is to recognize that if you've done anything in your front garden, you've got a shred of you know, enjoyment or pride or wishes to have it seen, get it judged. There will be lots of prizes. Um, they are awarded in different classes for small, medium, and large. The entry period is almost running out for this contest. It opened on May 18th, and it closes June 17th. And judging starts June 24th. So you want to get involved Just in this. Just a few days left. Got yeah. A little bit of passion about your garden. Everybody wants to see it. Show it off. Go to mississauga.ca slash blooms for an entry form. And when we've got time sometime, I'll get Charlie to tell her show-and-tell story when she was a young girl in school. <laughs> but it's, it's got nothing to do with gardening. I know, but uh-huh. it's just a riot. Uh, <laughs> 9-11 the time here at AM 740's Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And we'll be back to talk to Anna from Toronto in just a moment. Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. And I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. I forgot to mention right off the top that our ace, ace producer, David Gaskin, <laughs> has been busy lining up those phone calls. Ace. And I like yes. the way you say that. Oh, yeah, he is tops. Uh, <laughs> we have Anna. No, I'm laughing, but I mean that. Anna in Toronto. Good morning and welcome to the show. Yes, hi. Hi. Listen, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm getting outdone with white grubs on my front lawn. Now, my lawn was beautiful green, and all of a sudden now I've got these white grubs all over the place. Because, so how, how do I get rid of these creatures? Okay, so are you actually seeing the grubs, or are you just seeing the birds pecking away? No, the... no, there's no birds. Uh, there, was, there was yellow patches here and there, so mm. I dug up a couple oh. of them, okay. and sure enough, mm. I found... At least two white grubs. I know they're ugly creatures, aren't they? Yeah. So, well, you know what you're going to do? Uh, absolutely nothing, because yeah. those grubs—that's uh, the larval form of what will become a beetle. 
in between being a, that ugly grub and being a shiny beetle at the other end of its life cycle, in between there's a cocoon, uh, which is a shiny brown um, little case that uh, this particular insect metamorphosizes into or inside to become that beetle. And that's what they're doing right now. They are actually pupating. They are becoming little pupa. They're, the eating that's been going on is shortly stopping, if it hasn't already stopped, depending on the variety of grub. Some of the June beetles, for example, have already emerged from the ground. What we haven't seen yet are the European chafers. They're coming in the next week to 10 days, so they are just pupating now. Bottom line is you can't kill those grubs. There's nothing out there unless you want to you know, pick, uh, do some digging. If you see them, as you did, then do pull those ones right out of the soil, either stomp on them or squish them or toss them out onto the road or whatever. I like putting them on the hot driveway myself. <laughs> so therefore, what, what the, and, they're, and they're just going to finish off, off the lawn, you mean? Well, no. What they're going to do is they're stopping eating. When they become a pupa, they stop eating. Then, then where they, do they go? They'll, they go to sleep for about a week or ten days. Then they emerge from the pupa as a beetle, and they actually fly right out of the soil and up into the trees. Oh. While they're up in the trees, they might chew on the leaves of the trees a little bit, but not a lot. They party their little mines <laughs> away there. Oh, wow. They copulate up in the trees. <laughs> and then they drop down and lay eggs. And that's all going to happen in the next few weeks. So your, oh, no. so your job, don't worry about those eggs yet because the eggs don't do any damage. The eggs still have to hatch. And they will hatch in mid-August. So it's in, yeah, but it's still on my lawn. That Potentially, absolutely, because you've had so, them this so year. So how do you prevent this happening? In Mid-August, you're going to go to your closest garden center. You are going to pick up nematodes. What, me, um, what is that? Nematodes. So N as in Norway, E-M as in mother. Nematodes. Yeah, A-T-O-D-C-O-E-S. Actually, there's a D in there. So T-O-D-E-S. Okay. Nematodes. And uh, these are, when you buy the nematodes, it's actually little eggs that you buy. And you're going to follow the instructions on the package. You're going <clears> to <throat> mix those eggs with water, sprinkle that all onto the lawn, particularly where you had the problem. And that way you're going to avoid this problem for next year. But the problem seems to be all over. They're, they're doing pieces here, pieces there, all over the place. Oh, well, what you'll see, yeah, I, well, they've moved around now. But what you'll find is that the eggs are typically laid beneath the canopy, like the drip line of trees, mm. if you have tree, big trees on your property, or yeah, the, they'll even one, come off the eave the of the one house. Tree, it's a, it's a, imit- a crab apple. Mm-hmm. It belongs to the city. It doesn't belong to me. Mm-hmm. Huh. And that's because they, they do, like I say, copulate high and then drop to the ground straight down and lay their eggs. So that's why you'll often find the, the issue where the, where the eggs are laid is literally on the drip line oh, of trees. Dear. So watch, watch where they are now. Be prepared to get those nematodes in the ground in August. Yeah, they're they're live. They're live little um, eggs, 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 yeah. eggs that are going to hatch. Yeah. Oh my And God. it's actually it's totally it I've works. Been, I've, I've been here for about twelve years. I've never had that. I so, know. So, so where did they? You said they come from the trees, but originally, where did they come from? Um, they flew into your neighborhood last year from somewhere, or even potentially the year before, because some of these insects have more than a one-year life cycle. Some of them actually have a three-year life cycle, so they could have flown in as long as three years ago. But they do go in 
you know, it's it, there's no there's a rhythm to the insect populations, and for sure the grubs have been very bad this year. So don't uh, <clears throat> don't worry. The main thing is they're going to be gone very soon. Fix your lawn. You know, get out the grass seed and the rake and level it all out again, and you know, green it oh. all up. But be ready in August to avoid this problem next year. Okay. okay. Okay, Anna. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. Anna. Hope we've allayed your your fears of another infestation. I'll tell you, I've uh, run into so many people yeah. who are just so frustrated by the grub problem, and the, part of it is, is they want to do something. Like you can hear you Anna, right? Too, yeah, it's she too wants late to now. do something. There's nothing yeah. you can do. Do not buy any product that somebody tells you is going to work to kill grubs right now. You are throwing your money down the drain. Wasting your time, wasting your money. Don't go there. Just let the grubs move on, fix your lawn, and be right on it in August with the right product that will control the grubs next year. There you go. Okay. We're going to be back and have a chat with Rochelle, uh, or pardon me, Leona in uh, Niagara in just a moment here. Uh, 9.21 our time. And yes, I see my friend is exercising over there. Well, yes. just want to, you know, stay limber with all these garden tours. We're going to be running from garden to garden yeah. all this weekend, not to mention work to do in our own gardens. So to stay pain-free, keep those joints still oiled and working. I find that Sierra Sil does work for me, and I think, Frank, you've had good experience. Absolutely. Elliot, my mom, everybody says they're much friskier when they use Sierra (laughs) Sil. So just if you have any joint issues and you want more information, the people are great. They're standing by, are happy to answer your questions in Vancouver where they're also you know, pretty excited about their hockey, so you can always chat about oh, that, yeah, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. 1-877-JOINT-14. There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. Brought to you by Scott's. Thank you for joining us on this Saturday morning, and hey, congratulations, Vancouver. Watched the game last night. Wow. All by yourself. Ooh, yeah, and I was, I was yelling. <laughs> I was yelling in the kitchen there. Anyway, Leona is on the line from Niagara. Ooh, earwigs. Ooh, tell us about it. <laughs> oh, good morning, Charity and uh, Frank. Morning. Uh, last year, I had an awful problem with earwigs, mm-hmm. and I had got a book, and it said to take uh, any old oil, doesn't matter what kind, and have a very small tin. Like a sardine or something in that mm-hmm, line. Mm-hmm. Put a bit of oil in the bottom and put it out. Well, I did that, and I must have had 15 of them just full every morning. It was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So this year, I put them out early again to this year, and I don't have any earwigs, but I found little, weeny, tiny, uh, I don't know what they are. They're not as big as a, a fly or anything. They're just really small. In fact, they look like just a little drop of. of Coffee. Hmm. I've lost it. And do you, do you think, are they flying? Do you think they're dropping into your little tin there? Hello? Oh, did we lose Leona? I don't I, know what happened there. I think we did. Oh, I think her phone might have cacked out. Oh, it maybe could, the, ba- well the batteries do die. Too. Yep, yep. Uh, oh, yeah, Leona, we lost her. Yep, okay, okay, so Leona can phone back because I'm not sure. Something a little drops. The idea of trapping earwigs is a good idea, though. Mm-hmm. The idea of putting out. You know, you know the, the rubber hose, didn't you? Yeah, you know, the rubber that? hose is like a little hotel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weeks, they, they spend the night in, or sorry, the day in the in the hotel because they don't like the light. And when and they check in, it's always Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You know, <laughs> you, yeah. you know it, Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Wig. And uh, <laughs> they, but they go in as the sun is coming up. They yeah. go into the dark, so you can go out and empty your little pieces of hose during the day. Just tip them upside down, and of course the earwigs will fall into a can that you you've carried or a um, you know yogurt container. 
just a little bit of water with a little bit of oil or soap in it and just dump those earwigs in and then they can't get out. So what Leona's trapping in with her little tin, I'm not sure. Ants are a problem, but I don't think it was ants that are, are the problem she's having. So maybe she'll call back and give us a little more information. Okay. Right. Uh, rolling around to 926 here at AM 740's Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin as we say good morning to Rochelle calling in from Toronto. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. morning. I have a problem, I think, with my eastern red bud mm-hmm. tree mm-hmm. that I planted last year as a 10-foot tree. It wasn't a baby by any means. And I notice now that the blossoms are gone that several of the branches don't have leaves on them. They're just bare. Mm. And was it f- full of flowers when it was flowering? I didn't take that close a look at it, I'm afraid, but it, it looked pretty, uh, yeah, it looked pretty full. Okay, and how was it last year? It was planted last spring or summer, no. last fall? No, no, it was planted in the fall. In the fall, yeah. okay. So um, it's not that unusual for the in the first year of a plant's existence in your garden for it to okay. go through a settling-in process, and in uh, that process, uh, often... Some bits will not survive the inclement winter weather that we have. Main thing for you to do is get some sharp pruners on a dry day, not when it's raining or, or super moist, <clears throat> excuse me, on a dry day. Go out and trim all the dead first off. Everywhere where you'd see no live uh, buds or leaves emerging, trim all that back and stand back and look at the tree. Now, if it's very lopsided because it was all mostly sort of dead on one side, then you may have to balance the tree by forming it and shaping it a little bit just to try and make it look as good as possible. And at this time, it would be appropriate to fertilize. Then the plant will start to grow and everything should be fine and, and moving forward, it should all be a good thing. The other option is to say, no, I paid an awful lot of money for this tree. It came with a full guarantee and say, okay, I'm not happy and go back to whoever, excuse me, you got it from or who planted it for you and just say, look, it's not fulfilling the vision that I had. Get me a new one. Well, it was a rate payers association, and they put it in for twenty dollars because they were doing a tree project. Okay, perfect. So, so I really you want to keep can. it? Yep. No, that's a great price. Twenty dollars for a ten foot red bud. You definitely want to keep this. <laughs> so yes. now, what number fertilizer should I use? I w- I'd be using an all-purpose fertilizer. You can go with like okay. a ten, 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 okay. or you can recognize this is a flowering plant. You know, this is a plant that flowers beautifully in the early spring, and yeah. and go with something more like a fifteen thirty. 15. Okay. Follow the directions on the package, obviously. And just, this is the time of year all our garden plants, they're, they're, they've got a lot of energy, they're, they want to grow, and so it's a great time to kind of encourage that growth with food or fertilizer. Okay, so prune and fertilize. Yes. Thank you so, so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for your call, Rochelle, and joining us here on AM740's Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, Frank Proctor alongside to give phone numbers and such, 416-360-0740 for Toronto listeners, and anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Well, I wonder what's going on in Dunville there with John. He's got a beetle problem, I think. Rock We're not talking vocals. Volkswagen, are we? No. Hi, John. Hi. I wish you a happy Saturday. I wish you a happy Saturday and many more. Well, thank you. Thanks, John. <laughs> last year, last fall, I called. I've got a, a gray beetle about the size of your thumbnail. Um, almost like a triangle. Okay. And, uh, I know what this is. He's got uh, a snout on him. Yeah. 
Oh, he's got a real snout? Uh, right. He's got like a real, like a little elephant trunk kind of thing. Right. It was on my squash. <clears throat> you want to you control that. Pardon? You want to kill that insect, actually. Right. Because he kills my plants. <laughs> he does. He chews, and, uh, he chews it all up. He's a voracious eater. Trying to think of the name. My brain has just got frozen. I'm just a weevil. It's a weevil. W e e v i l. There's lots of weevils out there, but definitely there are weevils that chew up your veggies and your plants. The and weevil, how do you go? Huh? Uh, yeah, how do you go about killing them? Well, it's a good question. Um, you pick them off and squish them. Watch for them. Uh, you can try spraying a pyrethrin-based insecticide. Uh on the insects should be quite effective but even on the plants as a somewhat of a protection though the pyrethrin insecticide will wash off in the rain um i don't think there's any real traps per se the other thing you could consider particularly if you're having a real infestation is what they call floating row covers it's like um, cheesecloth and it goes over top of your edible vegetables the sun and can penetrate through the moisture can get through but the insects cannot and it sits literally like a like a like a mosquito net yeah. yeah over top of a bed this is a floating row covers going over our vegetables when it's the time of year when we're having serious chewing insects devastating our plants now is this uh, the same guy that uh, on the leaves they plant their eggs in very specific rows it could be it's uh, it's hard to say <clears throat> There's different insects that do different things for sure, but if that if the insect definitely has that that nose or head that l reminds you of an elephant trunk, then you know definitely. it's a, then you know it's a weevil. What kind? It's hard to say for positive sure, but there's an, there's lots out there, um, and they many of them are you know real horrible ag pests within agriculture and horticulture, so that they can be a real problem. I've um, seen uh, I've pulled out of the uh, leaves. They've got. Uh a very uh, specific uh, design yeah. on their eggs. Mm -hmm. and nice so, straight rows each way. And that, these were on squash leaves? Uh, these are on the back of the leaf of my squash. Yeah, okay. Straight lines times two. All right, well, I, you know, because I don't remember every detail of, of every insect. Main thing is, let, let me um, see what I can find out for you. It could be definitely that those are the eggs. And if they are, then you definitely want to hold up the leaves, you know, flip them upside down, so to speak, and stay on top of it. You can potentially pick off the eggs, if that can work. If you can't, then again, using that spray, that pyrethrin-based spray on the eggs, check Check every day, check every second day, keep an eye on those eggs. You want to ensure that they don't hatch is the bottom line. Okay. Okay. Hey, John. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you for the song. super weekend. Yeah, and okay. you too. Thanks right. for your call. There's our singing right, caller from D Dunville, I John. Nine 9.33 here with Charlie and Frank as we say uh, hi here to, I believe it's Ed in Etobicoke we're going to now. Hi, Ed. Uh, good morning. Th thanks for taking my call. Ah, our pleasure. Um uh, my problem is with a lilac tree. It's uh, roughly 15, 20 years old, 12 to 15 feet high. Mm -hmm. And uh, the flowers, I've had a good abundance of flowers in years gone by, but this year when they flowered, it was a matter of maybe two to three days they started turning brown, all brown. 
That's okay. That's probably more of a weather condition than anything. <clears throat> With all the rain we've been having, uh, it was all timing because the different lilacs kind of flowered on different days depending on the variety. And you're absolutely right. Uh, if it was a very humid or very hot or very moist time when those flowers buds were opening, they didn't last long. And they never will when it's really hot or wet. The brown is very common. Also keep in mind that flowering plants can never set bountiful blooms every single year. So we will see years where we got lots of flowers and years when we don't have so many. And that's very common because of the energy required to make those flowers. So it's a cyclical sort mm-hmm. of thing, yeah? I see. So the main thing is if the flowers are all brown and, and ugly and not doing new, you know, the plant any favors, remove the flowers. Lilacs should always be trimmed if you can possibly reach, you know, that where the flowers are. Once they're brown and crispy or brown and mushy, remove them so that the plant doesn't put energy into creating seeds, because that's the next thing that the plant is going to do. It's going to put a lot of energy into seed formation, and unless you're growing, you know, lilacs from seed, you really don't need those seeds, and you want that plant, the plant to save the energy for next year's flowers and for this year's leaves, etc. Great. Okay. Thank you very much. You're Thank very you, welcome. Ed. Another happy caller here at AM 740, <laughs> and the goddess of the garden is here, Charlie Dobbin. Aww, right, yeah, you're well, such a good undergardener. I am indeed, yes. <laughs> Carol, up there in Barry, we're, we're at Kempenfeld Bay, isn't that oh, it? Yeah, oh, yes, sure. it is. I don't know whether you're near uh, Kempenfeld Bay, Carol, but what, what's the problem you have for us? Um, African violets. Mm-hmm. I have them in a west window. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe I was overwatering them. So I put them in one of those glass globes with a stem that you put the water into, and you turn it upside down and put it in the pot, uh-huh. and they still die. Mm. Is it the west window, or is there something else I'm doing wrong? A west window is a bit of a hot window at this time of year. Do you have shears or anything on the window, or is it no. open? No, uh, it's a sunroom. Okay, so what I'd be inclined to do is if, if you know, keep them in that nice bright room, but instead of having them right in the window, could you perhaps have them five or ten feet away from the window? Okay. That would be better because that wouldn't be as intense of light. And when it comes to watering, yeah, African violets are usually in small pots, typically four inch or six inch at the biggest. And um, the globe gizmos are designed to very slowly... Um, allow moisture to to uh, enter the soil and you don't want to keep African violets moist all the time what oh, okay. you what you want to do is help give them a thorough watering when you're watering make sure mm-hmm. the water goes right through the drainage holes in the bottom of the pot and they can even sit in water in a saucer for five or ten minutes throw you know dump out excess water then feel the soil surface every day and once you get not don't it's got to get past the moist point but not right into the desert point keep feeling the soil you're going to get to a point where there's still a bit of spring to the soil but it's dry on the surface that's Mm -hmm. when you that's when you water again so it might be every four or five days might be every 10 days it just depends on temperatures and you know size of plants Okay, thank you very much. You're very welcome. And again, don't forget to fertilize. It's a perfect time to be fertilizing your African violets, just like all the garden plants. Even the indoor plants are bursting with energy and want to be fed. So yes. there's some great African violet uh, food or fertilizers out there. Get one specific. Yes, I have bought one. Good. Follow the instructions on that. And do do use the fertilizer every second or third watering, and I think you'll find that that will make a difference as well. 
Okay, thank you. Thanks, Carol. Thanks, Carol. Joining us here on AM 740's Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I do believe we have, uh, oops, (laughs) next online. You've covered it up. (laughs) There we go. Audrey, you were momentarily covered on our screen here Uh, because Charlie was messing around with it. (laughs) With a mouse here. Hello, Roddy. From Rosso, right? Yeah, from Rosso. Yes. Audrey, good morning. Yes. I'm calling because I have a, a new a green potato vine, the little annual ones you buy every year, mm-hmm. and something was eating all the leaves. Mm-hmm. So I just looked at it this morning, and I found a bright gold little bug that looks like a ladybug, but he's metallic like a piece of jewelry. Hmm. I've never seen one like it. Did you grab him, or did yes, you let him yes. go? Okay, so the question is... If you can look at him, if he's in a bag or a jar, check and see if he's got, he or she has little white, um, they they look like dots, but with a magnifying glass, they look like little tufts. Three little white dots on either side of its uh, thorax, really, right in the middle of the insect. Oh, okay. That's what a Japanese beetle looks like. Eh? It's very metallic, um, shiny, oh. uh-huh. but but you'll know it's a Japanese beetle if it's got those little three on each side right. white dots. If it is, um, yeah, Japanese beetles can be, they eat anything. Eh? And of course, they are one of those insects that's emerging out of our lawns, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. We, you know, we've got grubs in our lawns that turn into beetles, and Japanese beetles who are voracious eaters, um, they're the only one of any of those beetles that emerge that really do serious damage uh-huh. and they'll eat anything in the garden they'll you know eat your roses eat your annuals <laughs> eat your vegetables eat anything so are, that's are, what i suspect are there usually a lot of them or just because this just looks like one and i haven't seen any others yeah usually if there's one there's more and actually uh-huh. usually they're quite a bit bigger than a ladybug so that's why it could be something else well it, it's like a small ladybug really you oh, know the really? new ones that have come out in the last five or ten years that they were supposedly imported or something yes quite a bit the bigger. asian ladybugs but yeah. this is this is quite small hmm. I'm, I'm really amazed that the bright it looked like a piece of metal yeah. on it and i just this is not ladybug like yeah Oh, you guys are asking me some really specific <laughs> questions. I, sh- I need to get an entomologist on the show who can just pull these things right out of the, you know, right. out of their brain. What what any given insect is. Very good. Well, thank you Ch- very much. I'll I have it in a little jar, so I don't know what to do with it. Well, um, chances are, I know there are beneficial insects. No question. I don't want to, you know, sort of badmouth all insects. Generally speaking, little um, beetles on sweet potato vine would make me suspect it's probably chewing on it. Uh-huh. Um, it's full of little holes. like Yeah, particularly if there's a bunch of little holes in it. Uh, unlike some of the big, black, really mean-looking beetles, sometimes you'll find if you're digging in the garden uh-huh. and you'll go, oh, my God, it's going to carry the cat away because <laughs> they're so big and so mean-looking. They're actually really good beetles. They're ground oh. beetles. They're called assassin bugs. And they do amazing things, cleaning up and They'll eat grubs, for example. They'll uh-huh. also take the cat, you know, if the cat's not looking because they're so big. But uh, but you know, those you don't want to kill, right? So there's right. some beetles you really like to keep around. Generally speaking, though, if you find a beetle on a plant with holes in it, it's probably a bug you want to squish. Ah, very good. Okay. Thank you very much. Happy squishing. Yeah. Thank, thank you very much. I'm going to have some beetle lover call now and go, <laughs> I can't believe you're saying kill the beetles. <laughs> thank you very much, Audrey, for calling in. It's uh, 941. And a uh, quick reminder of the phone numbers, uh, 416 for Toronto listeners and anywhere else in the province, toll-free, one 866 740-4740 and we shall return and have a chat with Diane in Woodbridge after these words. 
supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. And I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, as we go back to our callers here. And uh, let's see, we're going to have a little chat here with Diane in Woodbridge. Good morning, Diane. Welcome. Good morning. How morning. Are you going? People. We're great. That's great. That's great. Listen, as far as uh, African violets, tell the lady to do it with uh, rainwater. Oh, yeah, good point. I water all my plants with rainwater, and I get magnificent results. Okay, that was Carol from Barrie who was asking about African violets. So you've got a big rain barrel outside, obviously, or two. No, my poor husband keeps bringing pailfuls in. Aww. He's working on a rain barrel, though. The <laughs> 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 yeah, question is, I have a poinsettia plant. Uh-huh. And it has bloomed. I had it outside for a little bit last year, and it was a, a medium-sized plant. Mm-hmm. I brought it in. I actually have two of them, but this one in particular. And it has grown to, it's pretty near two feet high and full of flowers. Wow. Like right now? Right now. All oh. colors. Colored leaves. Yeah. 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 Huh. But they're starting to die off now. Uh-huh. I want, should I be putting it outside again? Oh, well, for sure. I mean... It, our outdoor summer is so perfect for tropical plants and subtropical plants, which is what that is. Right? A poinsettia, if you've ever seen it in its native natural environment, it grows into a huge tree in Mexico. Yes, and, yes. of course, it loves the heat. It loves the sun. It loves the humidity. So putting it outside will make it happier and fatter and juicier and all those important things. Um, I do expect those colored leaves or bracts to fall off. If yeah, they haven't fallen off, yeah. it's time. Now, I would also so as they are falling off, consider uh, trimming or pruning or shaping that plant because a bunch of growth is going to happen in the next few months. Right. And when you bring it in at the end of the summer, you're sure not going to want to start trimming it then. Yeah. yeah right. No. So it's so a to start pruning it then. Trim now with the sort of eye for where it's going to grow next so that it's going to be a nicely shaped, balanced compact, good-looking plant to come in at the end of the summer. And, of course, you'll be providing it with the dark period required so that it'll be covered in, in red bracts or leaves in time for Christmas. Okay, I'm trying to think of how I want to uh, trim it. <laughs> I mean, That's so the big. trick of pruning. Well, remember with something like a poinsettia, you, wherever, you're going to cut it back to an, what's called an outward-facing bud. So where a leaf is now... Uh, right where the leaf and the stem come together in that little point, it's called an axle, there is a dormant bud there. So if you cut a branch back to a leaf, your next growth is coming from that axle point, from that little dormant bud that's right and sort of buried where the leaf and the stem come together. So you've, you've got to sort of eyeball where the growth is going to come from so that your trimming makes sense to, to have, a, like I say, a good-looking, balanced plant. Okay. I know. It's a challenge. It's, it's gorgeous. Actually, I ended up taking a couple of uh, pictures of it because it, uh, it just was mind-boggling the way it's come out. And it's not great. great. Good for you. Every time you people have been talking, I thought I should call you and let you know how my point said yeah. it all over the whole winter. You know, yeah. it's just been so gorgeous. So it's been a happy plant all winter to have because normally they will drop the red leaves or pink leaves by February anyway, March at the latest. So I'm amazed that yeah, it's held no, on. Yeah, it's just starting to drop now. It's obviously been extremely happy. You've been taking very good care well, of it. Well, that's why I don't want to lose it now. I know. <laughs> thanks, Diane. Okay, very good. Interesting yeah, comments. Good story. Yeah. Thanks. Bye bye. Yeah, uh, there's success with the. Uh, with the plants, huh? We love success. Absolutely. I love stories. And I know what else you love to do. You uh, love to get out there and garden and, you know, get down and dig in that dirt. But you don't want, you know, sore joints. Or Not at all. Like so they you don't call me the diva of dirt no, for nothing. No, that's, well, well they do sometimes. <laughs>
<laughs> goddess of the garden. Yes. Because I remain limber and pain-free because I am smart and I take my CRSL on a daily basis. And that way my hands, my knees, you know, those parts that start getting stiff and sore sometimes yep. – don't hurt. And Dolly, your, your mom does the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. My mom, you know, she's very, remains very active. She goes to Aquafit and all kinds of things. And she's doing it and puts a lot of credit to the Sierra Cell for keeping her, you know, moving as well as she does. So it's a, it is just a very simple mineral supplement that we take on a daily basis. And it's very natural. It comes from the Sierra Mountains. Uh, it doesn't work for everybody, but there is a guaranteed money back guarantee that if you don't feel better within 14 days, Sierra Sil will refund not only your money, but the cost of the delivery of the product to your home. So, you know, good people, lots of integrity attached to the, to the product. For more information, go to the website, sierrasil.ca, or give them a call, 1-877-JOINT-14. Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. And Frank Proctor alongside Charlie here in the Garden Show saying hi to Tom in Brampton. Hi, Tom. Hello. How you doing? Good. Good. Hey, Charlie. Um, Frank, I, I have, I've uh, visited the garden and I've noticed these nails. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if they are a good thing or a bad thing. They're only good to eat. They're not good otherwise. No, snails and slugs. The only difference, of course, is snails carry their homes around on their back. So snails and slugs are very, they're serious vegetarians. They do a lot of chewing on a lot of leaves. So if they're chewing something you love, like your hostas or your lettuce or something that just you do not want chewed, then you need to put some bait out. Okay. And there is something out there. Actually, Scott's makes a very, very effective slug bait, slug and snail bait. Mm-hmm. And all it is, it's, um, you know, follow the instructions, obviously, but it's, uh, it's not a poison to wildlife or to birds. It is iron-based, and the, in, the slugs and snails are attracted to it, and they eat it, and it's actually a stomach poison to them. It does take them a couple of days to die. So the good thing is they take the bait, they crawl away, and they die somewhere else, so you don't have to see their dead bodies. They, they die and, and decompose, and you don't even know. You'll just realize you're not seeing so many slugs and snails around anymore. Good. Yeah. Because so I didn't know. I, I've seen them, and they look very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> True. But, uh, and uh, I thought, you know, uh, I don't know if they're any good. And no. um, so I just, I, I, and I, and I had noticed something eating the uh, the uh, leaves. Yeah. On the plants. So anyway, I will get rid of them. Yeah, get rid of them. It's called Slug Be Gone is the name uh, of the yeah. bait you're looking for. Or the other thing, if you have small children who come and visit your garden, uh, give give them a jar and put them on snail collecting <laughs> to take home as yes. pets. The, their parents idea. will love you. <laughs> I think that's a, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Kids love collecting snails. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, Tom. Have a great day in Brampton. As a Thanks, matter of fact, Tom. we're sticking in the same area of Brampton to talk to Joan, and she's got an ant problem. Uh oh. Yeah. Hello, don't, Joan. Don't we all? Hello. Morning. Yes. Oh, good morning, Charlie and Frank. Um, I've never seen so many ants as mm-hmm. I have this year in between the patio stones. Mm-hmm. I've searched and searched for some product that I can use that is pet friendly, and I cannot find one. So are they? So their sand is coming up between the patio stones. They're yes. burrowing and creating a nest yep. below, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know what I do, particularly from a pet friendly perspective. 
boiling Sorry? from a pet friendly perspective yeah what i do is boiling water you know i did that but mm-hmm. it didn't it really didn't well, the trick is they're under the stones, and of course your water is only going to go between. Mm-hmm. So all your, I mean, the rea- the reality with ants is you're you're not going to kill them. Your oh. ants are just there's way too many of them and too few of us. Mm-hmm. You're not going to kill them. All you're going to do is try and drive them to a different part of your garden or across the property line to your neighbor's garden. Mm-hmm. Well, there's just so many. I can't uh. get over them. I guess they're calling all their friends because it's. <laughs> This year, in particular, it's really bad. Well, and the other thing that actually can help are ant traps. You know, remember those little canisters, little orange canisters? Those, of course, are designed to be used either indoors or outdoors. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll put those out. And, of course, they're completely pet-friendly as well. Oh, are they? Yeah, and inside the little trap is borax. So the borax is very attractive to the ants. The ants take a little bit back to the nest. The theory is, is that they feed that borax to the, the queen of the, of the nest and ultimately kill the nest. You oh, will notice that the numbers, the population will dwindle. Will it actually disappear? Hard to say, but the traps are quite effective. Um, okay. The other thing is the liquid. It's called ant killer. It's a little liquid. It's borax and sugar in a, in a liquid form. Mm-hmm. Very useful indoors uh, because it is something that you can put it out where the trail of ants is entering your house and annihilate them. But I've used it outdoors as well, um, just under a little cover, right, because it'll wash away in the rain otherwise. Ant but killer? Ant killer. Just a little plastic bottle. You'll find it in any home center or garden center. Um, Scott's makes it, I think, under the ortho name. Uh, it's like a yellow container with red writing. And, uh, yeah, just ant killer. It's but sugar it and borax. Well, pets are not going to... Borax, um, like you don't want the dog or cat licking it. I, I don't think they would. But if they like sweet things, then, yeah, you want to make sure it's got some kind of a little cover on it. If it's out, you know, if you're putting drips of it outside, then just cover it mm-hmm. under a little, like under a rock or something. And right? those ant traps you feel are effective if yeah. you put them outside. Yeah, yeah, if you're having trouble getting into the ant hill with boiling water, then, yeah. then go the other idea with the yeah. ant traps. But okay. I, do I have to put place the ant trap like right there out yep. in the open? Yep. Right. Oh, okay. I know it'll look silly for a week or so, but you'll yeah. have to do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. Good luck with the ants. Oh, thank you very oh, much. Oh, it's okay. not nice. The ants are not nice. No, oh. little devils. I've got hills all over my yard, and of course, it's a big joke in my neighborhood because I always say I'm hurting my my ants over to my neighbors. <laughs> so I go out there with my my little whip, and you know, I'm singing rawhide and stuff, and they're going, "Oh my God, she's hurting ants again." <laughs> <laughs> well, you can tell that uh, Charlie's not always sort of on the straight and narrow, a little little, uh, little oblique. My neighbors do enjoy me. Okay, I bet you. Just before we whip off to another color, because I'm not sure if we have time. Anyway, I just wanted to go back to um, John, his weevils on his squash. Mm-hmm. Right, so squash beetle is what we're looking, we're finding here. It looks, it's a shield-shaped, yeah. triangular-shaped or diamond-shaped bug. It actually doesn't, isn't really a weevil, uh, but those straight lines of eggs has kind of got me a little confused. Bottom line is Neem oil is recommended. Now, we know neem, N-E-E-M, is not a registered insecticide. It is only registered as a plant shine. You can buy it in good garden centers and mix it with water and spray, and it will knock down insects. Or hand-picking, as I suggested, with a lot of these chewing insects on our vegetables, whether they're big worms or little you know, beetles, hand-picking might be the best route to really control them properly. Good little note that I might pass along is, of course, the ability to hear programs for the second time here at AM 740. That is a good point. What you do is get to our website, 
am740.ca, and uh, you'll see once you reach the uh, homepage, listen to our podcasts. And for instance, it'll be a couple of days for this show to be entered. I think it goes up Thursday. Yeah. uh, You'll be able to listen back to the show, and if there are uh, various instructions that you didn't have time to write down when Charlie was giving the directions, re-listen to the show at your leisure and be able to get the proper information down. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a very good point. And just keep in mind, this makes me giggle, uh, you don't have to own any kind of an iPod or a Mac product to listen to a podcast. I'm amazed how many people I've spoken to in the last month <clears throat> who are <clears throat> perfectly able, intelligent, <laughs> young people who say, oh, I can't do podcasts. And I go, why? And they say, because I don't have a podca- an iPod. And I go, <laughs> no, see, no. That's yeah. what, where did that silly name podcast come from? You don't need any iPods. It's a computer-based system. It's all about using your computer. So you do need a computer to listen to a podcast, okay. but you don't need any Apple products. Right, teacher. Okay. There we go. Thank you for that. So you, you got a busy week coming up? Good yes. Show, big show. Yeah. Big show on the way. Good stuff. Meantime, folks, have a great, great weekend. And exactly. And, uh, Happy gardening. Thank you, Frank. Thank See you, you Dave. next week, Charlie. Thanks to all our callers. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.